0: When you talk about multiplayer video games nowadays, things that come to mind are things like Fortnite, GTA Online, and it's all these things where we are in one location playing with people around the world, but there came a point in time where we played video games together—it's like this magical thing that you could plug in a Nintendo 64 with four different controller ports, and you can play and battle against your friends with games like Super Smash Brothers, Golden Eye, uh, Super Mario Kart. Way back in the Super Nintendo, with two-player, you could talk about the arcades with things like The Simpsons, the Axman arcade game, and we thought, why not have this uh, this super nostalgic piece talking about some of our favorite and the evolution of local multiplayer games on another exciting episode of a cast of the past with a new one available every single Sunday with yours truly Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me for this uh, super nostalgic ride from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, when you think about local multiplayer games and Lil Ryan growing up, what is the first game that comes to mind for you?
1: I think GoldenEye has to be the one that comes to mind because it really was the biggest thing for its time. I think, you know, the late 90s, Goldeneye, I think it's some, I, I forget who awarded it, but I think Goldeneye won Game of the Year, like two years in a row by some some publication. It it was a big deal. I mean, it's one of those games, you go back and play it now, and it's, it's pretty rough around the edges, but it really was kind of front and center for the first-person shooter genre and really emphasizing multiplayer at a console level. Of course, there were plenty of PC games that were taking advantage of multiplayer FPS before this, but when you talk about FPS games on a console, it's funny to think that the N64 was really the first console that really uh, is where it took off before, of course, things like Halo really kind of took the ball and ran with it, but GoldenEye always comes to mind. I was never particularly good at it, but I do remember hanging out in friends' basements who had a setup with four controllers, uh, and everyone, you know, taking turns, whoever did the worst would rotate in, you know, someone else would rotate in, but um, even though I sucked, there was a lot of good memories.
0: I think that's the best thing, that even if you didn't have the the Nintendo 64, and we're going to be talking about other consoles, but to me, same thing, which is that, maybe you did have a nintendo 64 but i mean having four controllers was pretty damn expensive right so to me i only had the one no friend ever really brought one over to my house so that may be sad but i had the friend that had GoldenEye, smash and no mercy and i think that to me that was the trifecta that was the trilogy oh yeah if you went to a friend's house and they had a nintendo 64 and four controllers you knew stuff was about to happen right
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. I mean, even Conker's Bad Fur Day, not a ton of people uh, played a lot of the multiplayer there. I think it kind of came out towards the end of the N64 lifespan, but that had some amazing multiplayer on it that a friend and I used to play and... No Mercy, a lot of fun memories there. Sometimes we would just literally play as the Dudley Boys and just do a handicap match and just do a 3D, just try to do 3Ds over and over again to people, uh, trying to get them through a table. But yeah, Conker's Bad Fur Day um, had some insane multiplayer. And the great thing about that one was you could put in you could go beyond four people in the multiplayer. You um, really? How so? Um, not necessarily, because you could a- put AI in. Um, is, so they oh, let you put. Okay I, okay. I forget what the maximum amount. Maybe it was eight or something. So we would just do um, us playing as the the squirrels, and because you had squirrels versus teddies in like this World War II theme, and we'd do two squirrels versus like six teddies and these are evil teddy bears, and they were um, on, we put them on like Einstein difficulty, so they were like sniping us like crazy, but they made it super intense, uh, and it was a ton of fun.
0: I think it's uh, kind of interesting to look back at this topic because, you know, we always talk about the fact that we grew up playing games in the 90s and the 2000s, and the obvious stuff is just like you talk about, yeah, you're Super Mario World and all that, but there's, talk about, there's a topic of local multiplayer games is like a niche topic within nostalgia because when we decided to work on this episode like I started to think for myself what was like the first time that I played a game with somebody else because to me and I think we're all guilty of this maybe you had a big brother that was playing a game and then you had the second controller except you weren't actually doing anything but they made you (laughs) think like you were I think we were we were all victims of that What's like the 1st uh, multiplayer video game that you actually think about? Not just like your favorite, but just like that first experience with uh, playing a game either against or with somebody else, because I can't really think of that. Like maybe, I, on, I, on I, the NES, I, what would
1: that be? I on mean, the NES, I can think of Super Mario World, um, not Super Mario World, but um, Super Mario Brothers, there was the two-player functionality, but right. you weren't necessarily playing at the same time. Um, and then, you know, I, I do think of Donkey Kong country. Um, and again, there was a couple different options for multiplayer there where you would either verse each other, where you would play as Donkey Kong and Diddy, and, and then they would play. And it was kind of annoying because you would swap between two. I think whenever you died, the other person went, so it could be a while before you played it again. Um, but then you could also do a, a, a version where one person plays as Diddy, the other person plays as Donkey Kong and no one ever wanted to play as Donkey Kong. (laughs) It was just one of those things. But um, those are some of the early ones. And of course, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which is a fantastic game, but is so difficult and I've never beaten it to this day. Um, But that was a great one where, you know, two people on screen could play together at the exact same time. I think that may be the
0: first multiplayer game that I really thought of and went like, wow, look at the potential of this game. Because you bring up Donkey Kong Country, and as good as that is, it's kind of like a like not as good as just playing it by yourself. Because yeah. to me, I was like, oh, so if I'm doing bad, I get punished because I play less and the other pl- person plays more. But with something like Zombies Ate My Neighbors we actually tried to work together. And that that in itself was something I wasn't really used to because when you think about uh, cooperative games and you know this really ties in with uh, multiplayer games, I think the concept of beat-em-ups is maybe the, the main thing, right? You think about mm-hmm. the arcades with, like I mentioned, uh, The Simpsons, uh, X-Men, when you think about those games, uh, which one did you really love to play growing up?
1: beat up games? Oh, that was Turtles in Time for sure when I think about growing up um, for the Super Nintendo. That that was the game to play. I don't think, even on the, the Super Nintendo itself, I don't think I ever necessarily even beat the game um, until maybe they came out with that HD re-release of Turtles in Time. But I, I really did love that game a lot. No, that was incredible and i think
0: that game uh i played a lot of these games on on the super nintendo but then we know that sometimes uh the arcade was better when you think about this topic of local multiplayer games i do think you have to sort of divide it between like arcade and, and console because arcade was a lot better right you had uh just like you put put in the quarters, you play that did you love that like uh just uh going to a place like chuck e cheese or, or timeout or something and just playing with a random stranger Or did you prefer to maybe play with somebody that you knew at home?
1: Usually, I would play with... um, For the arcade environment, I, I didn't go to a ton of different arcades growing up there. When I used to go up for vacations in New Hampshire... There was a, a whole strip at a place called Ware's Beach where they have a bunch of arcades. They're still there to this day. I went there a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Um, and obviously, they've upgraded a lot of the arcades, but they still have some old school ones too. But um, there also used to be a place called Strike One in near me growing up that was essentially like all the kids My, you know, when you're in elementary school... All the kids would like have their birthday party there. That was like the place to yeah, have cause yeah. they had some areas where you could do like um, there was the batting cages and other kind of sports things to do. But then they also had this arcade area where you it's all these arcade machines, but they don't need to use quarters like you just got a free reign over these arcade really? machines, which was awesome. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But when it comes to standard arcade machines, I wasn't a fan of having to keep popping in quarters to beat a game because I never had enough quarters to make it through a game. And any beat-em-up game where you can hurt each other was just, those were just there to steal your quarters. And it yep. was some BS.
0: No, man, uh, I'm trying to think of when did I really fall in love with local multiplayer games? And even though we talked about the arcade Super Nintendo, and uh, you know, the PlayStation 1, you could play co op and you could play against each other. It had things like the multi tap for four player support. The Nintendo 64, without question, has to be the most influential thing in local multiplayer game history, right? It may be controversial for some people that maybe play games in the 80s and the uh, early 90s, and it's like, oh no, that's a you know, 3D generation, but the four ports, the fact that Nintendo, the main company, you know, they themselves made games like Smash and and all of that. It's like they knew going in, they wanted to be the party machine. Did you like that party machine, Ryan?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, N64, that was kind of... You know, that was really our system of of our childhood, right? Because that's when we were of the age where we could start to actually get good, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of games, you know, of course, Mario Kart. How, how can we forget that? I mean, it's still, you know, an important game to this day that is very much the king of of local multiplayer, um, you know, because local multiplayer, we're talking about it as if it's this bygone thing. But really, even though online multiplayer is obviously the, the most popular form of multiplayer today, there is still a very good amount of local multiplayer games that are released. Um, and they may not, you know, you might think, just kind of off the top of your head oh there's not that many but when you when you actually kind of look at it there's a lot more than you might think
0: i think that's the case now but there was definitely a shift between like the ps3 360 generation where a lot of games that were used to like uh, you know you brought up goldeneye and goldeneye the whole concept even though it ran like crap people the goldeneye like four screen that thing ran at like a 10 frames per second and it was ugly af but that's that's what we had right but With the PS3 360 generation, a lot of games came out, even racing games. And I think racing games—it's like a mandatory thing to have at least a two-player split screen. Some of them said, like, "Hey, guess what? If you want to play with your friend, you actually go—you got to go to your house, buy yourself a copy of the game, and do that." And yeah, that was a very much from a technological standpoint, right? These games were graphically a lot more detailed. It wasn't like your Mario Kart 64s, right? Where it was a combination of 3D and sprites, and it looked pseudo 3D sometimes. But I think that as time went on, that that magic, and there is definitely that shift from the moment that you had a dial-up or Ethernet, some people said, why go to Ryan's house? Why? Why do that? Like, did you ever feel that transition of like, It's maybe a a thing that is lost. It is now optional, right? There are some games that that do actually still only have a local option, maybe because it's easier to develop. But do you think that eventually that local multiplayer became more of a
1: chore or something that people thought was antiquated? I think for some people, it was, and they they much preferred online, and I totally understand that. For me, local multiplayer has never died. I've always, um, you know, friends when we play, like a lot of my friends who play video games, they don't really play online games, none of my friends do. So it's more of a thing of when we all get together and we play video games, we play games that are local multiplayer. So, you know, there's a lot of WWE wrestling games. I remember WWE All-Stars was a big one when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in college, that was a hit. Like people who didn't even live at our, like our dorm, when they would come over, they would all want to play. So, it was, that that was a big game for us. Um, You know, Castle Crashers, when that came out, um, and that came out in like 2008. So, around when that came out, that was an awesome local multiplayer game that I've um, played with friends, and even recently um, Overcooked, um, my girlfriend yeah. bought. And that game is just nothing but anxiety for me. But, <laughs> it, you know, it is a good multiplayer uh, local game. So that's really how my friends and I game is through either playing a single player game and taking turns um, sometimes or doing um, local multiplayer games. Because even... Um, sort of recent games on Xbox and PS3, um, Battlefront 2, I think, for, uh, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, that has a local multiplayer option. So, um, that's my preferred way of gaming and so is with my group of friends. I think if I had friends who are more into online gaming, I would probably do that more, but we're we're all kind of old school local multiplayer fans.
0: I think like uh, for me, the best combination now is when you have a hybrid of both, Uh, something like Mario Kart 8. I love the fact that you can actually go online, like say you and I were in person, you and I can both go online and play with groups of other people online. So it becomes like this battle of, hey, uh, the people in Juan's house, the people in Keith's house, right? And, And it's like a really healthy combination. It becomes like super competitive. And I love that combination. I've actually done a couple of streams and... I think that that sense of community can really become a beautiful thing. I think uh, another game is something like Streets of Rage 4, right? That came out this year, and it's uh, super nostalgic, and I love the fact that you can't play online even though you can't play uh, with uh, three players. You can only do two players, but you can do four local, Mm -hmm. and that kind of sucks. I think that the biggest challenge as uh, time goes on is I feel like We got the best of both worlds because we grew up, even though we are 30, you're 31 now, Ryan? I forget. 31, unfortunately. Damn, you're old, Ryan. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? By the way, people, we totally forgot Ryan's birthday as of this recording was last week. So send him a shout out at the Ryan McNulty on Twitter. He's going to love all of that. He's going to love all of that, right?
1: Oh, yeah, of
0: course. (laughs) Of course, man. But... Uh, When you talk about all of this, I think that you got to bring up uh, the fact that we played 8-bit, 16-bit games. We played local games. We saw the transition to 3D. I've seen people online say, uh, like, especially, uh, I'm going to sound old, but like the Fortnite generation, right? The generation that grew up and that was already established. Like, that is the thing. Uh, GTA 5 online and all of that stuff. I've seen comments of people saying just like, why would I play this other thing when I have this massively multiplayer game or I can do the Battle Royales and all of that? If you have to sit down one of these people and just say, like, play this damn local multiplayer game so you can see how beautiful and awesome they are, which of these games from the past do you think are still, without question, worth playing and are among your favorites?
1: Hmm. That is difficult. Because... I'm I'm trying to think of a local multiplayer game that has aged beautifully, you know. Because I would not say I, I would not recommend GoldenEye. I'm sorry because yeah. it is it is not aged well. And then you know you might say, oh, Mario Kart 64, but in all honesty. As enjoyable as Mario Kart 64 is, I know that's just the power of nostalgia, right? Go play Mario Kart 8. It runs like a dream, you know, it plays beautifully. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, Mario Kart 64 is really better than it. So, I I really don't have an answer off the top of my head where I can say, oh, you know, maybe Zombies Ate My Neighbors because, um, you know, that's a game that I think is pretty unique, There, sure, there's plenty of, you know, co op games, but I don't think there's any game quite like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Um, so that might be one I recommend. And it's, it's very challenging too. Oh, yeah. So that would probably be my go to because I think some of the other ones, you know, a lot of modern games have done the local player, local multiplayer a little bit smoother. Um, so that would be one to say, you know, here's kind of the magic of, of a previous era.
0: For me, one game that I think people always bring up, it's never been one of my favorites, but it is the Bomberman games. Like those games are meant kind of like Overcooked. Overcooked, you can't play it online, but the whole experience is yelling out loud. And I think that that's like a very unrated part
1: of people just
0: hating each other. Like you're the problem. You're the reason the kitchen is on fire, sir. That's happened to you. I oh, yeah. I, I would oh, assume. Oh, for
1: sure. I'm I'm usually always the reason and when the when the things rotate, I'm a, you know, something blocks the way. I'm always on the wrong side, you know. It's not good. And, and I think it's the, not
0: good. The, the the awesome thing about that is that you can play those games online. The option is there. But the real meat and potatoes, like the real main event experience is playing those games in person because like, yeah, you can be on Discord and all of that. But uh, I mean, obviously not with the pandemic now, but I played a lot of games like Tetris, for example, is a good example. Tetris, I mean, there's like 8,000 versions of Tetris. And I played with the exact same friends online and offline, like locally. And even though we're playing and even though we are technically doing the same thing, the experience is very different when you're in person. You can actually see that person damn near be about to break the controller. And that in itself, Mr. McNaughty, isn't that the essence of local multiplayer? Just how much we can hate each other?
1: Not always. It's, uh, you know, because <laughs> when people, when it crosses a certain line, it gets a little uncomfortable. But when... You're playing and, you know, something funny happens in the game or whatever. Like, those are the best moments. And it's always way better if you have everyone in person. I mean, I I remember for my cousin's birthday party one year, they just set up a huge... Like, there was probably 15, 20 people there. And they just set up a tournament bracket for Smash Brothers Melee. So, like, it's just... You know when you have certain matchups and everyone's cheering people on, like it's just a whole different environment, and you, you can't really get that—you uh, can't get that same effect online that that you can get in person. So there's definitely a certain magic to that. I think uh, something
0: that I'm clearly not not well versed in, but it's like the the fighting game community. I think that's sort of been like the evolution of that, where. It is like that live experience and even just like online tournaments, I, I think it's a lot more competitive, right? Because for some people it's like their job, but I remember, uh, you know how how some people yell at you on an Xbox Live, like especially that 360 generation, that was rough, right? So a couple of years ago, I went to a LAN party. It was like an actual tournament for, I want to say like Black Ops 3 or something like that. And I got to witness one of these people behave the same way they usually would online, offline. It got to the point that this entire place, keep in mind, there's like 200 people, right? One building and they're playing a whole bunch of games. People from other games, pause their games because this guy was yelling so damn much. Time, Come on, you freaking suck. Come on, people. They actually won. So wow. like that made it worse because uh, it's like,
1: oh, wait, I bet everyone wait. wanted so, to see like, them lose so bad.
0: But the first thing I thought of is like, is that not a, like a distraction? I thought it was like wrestling when the manager gets up on the apron. I'm like, man, if I was the other team and the guy is yelling at me, I'd be like, dude, like I'm trying to freaking focus. Of yeah. course, you're going to be good.
1: Maybe that was just part of his technique. Throw throw them off their game. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. So people,
0: uh, we can keep this conversation going. And we actually did on our Discord, a cast of acastofthepast.com slash Discord we asked all of you, uh, when talking about this topic of local multiplayer games, which uh, which were some of your favorite ones, some of the ones that you played growing up? And uh, here we have Sir Meatwad, fellow retro video game collector, and he wrote a couple including Ninja Turtles, Manhattan Project. Did you play that? Because people always talk about Turtles I, in I Time, but I feel like Manhattan one, Project. No. Ooh, that would be interesting to talk about. Choo Choo Rocket, same question. Did you play this one, Ryan?
1: i think i've played a little bit of it i don't remember anything about it though that was on dreamcast i I remember the box art yeah that was on the dreamcast i believe uh
0: halo i mean damn okay we did not talk about that That, i I did touch on it briefly
1: but yeah halo one local multiplayer game changer game changer
0: yeah And even though, once again, like super relevant online, but that local experience is something else. He also brought up Command & Conquer Generals, uh, GoldenEye, NFL Blitz. Man, that was a really good game. That was a fun game. I don't know, you know for a fact, I know nothing about football, but I love playing NFL Blitz. What about you?
1: Oh, NFL Blitz was uh, a really enjoyable experience. And I didn't, when I loved playing NFL Blitz, I was not a big football fan. I didn't become a, a football fan until... You know, not too long ago, maybe like eight years ago or something. So pre-NFL Blitz era. And uh, this game, you know, they just made even, like you said, people who didn't like football enjoyed this game because they just made it ridiculous over the top, beat the crap out of each other after every play. And they made a, a re-release for the PS3 uh, Xbox era that NFL Blitz remake was it as good as the originals. Oh, yeah. No, but my friends and I loved it so much that we would do co, you could do co-op online and there weren't that many people that were playing, but we were wow. pretty damn dominant. I feel like we had to be one of the, the top, you know, group of players for that game. Uh, so NFL Blitz is definitely a, a super fun co-op game that uh, I definitely, we both forgot to mention, but Sir Meatwad was right on point with that one.
0: Yeah. And uh, the other one is a Marvel versus Capcom. No, I got to say right. Marvel versus Capcom 2, uh, especially on the Dreamcast. I mean, When you talk about fighting games, I think even that in itself is like a whole different category, right? Because I think that brings out the full competitive environment, you know, from Street Fighter 2, Killer Instinct. Which of of the fighting games, like, I don't think any of us have ever been like super big fighting game guys. But if you had to pick like one growing up that you at least had some experiences with, uh, which one was it?
1: Probably Street Fighter Two. I, I and I really didn't play that much of it, but I did actually have a friend who had a Street Fighter Two arcade cabinet in his basement. He, oh, yeah, nice! He, I, I think he, I think his family is pretty well to do. I have no idea where he got it, but um, it was just there. That yeah, that was kind of his. He was pretty famous in school for just having that. You know, it was a pretty big deal. And he whooped everybody's ass, <laughs> obviously, because he mean, could he had practice. had to practice. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like, he better whip some ass.
1: Yeah, he just destroyed anyone who challenged him. So, uh, Watt also brought up uh, Smash Brothers, but then
0: talking about now uh, Maydross also from the Discord, he brought up uh, a large variety of games. He's uh, He wrote, well, depends on the era, but uh, TMNT, Twisted Metal Black, that's another really good option that uh, sometimes goes... Uh, under looked did you know there's actually a multiplayer version of that game that came out officially and most people don't have it
1: Uh, I didn't know that in Twisted Metal that was a game I really. weirdly enough Twisted Metal 3 was the one I played the most it was the one I bought and I own a copy of that still. And I have friends who had Twisted Metal too. but we more often than not played it more as like a single player game. Like we would play through the the story mode. I forget if you could do co-op through the story, but I don't think you could in some of the games. But yeah, Twisted Metal, even though it is kind of a multiplayer game, I usually played the single player mode more often than not.
0: Some of those games don't exactly hold up too well, but... It's good. It's good. uh Barber Man sixty four also brings up the PlayStation one version. Star Fox sixty four. I forgot that a Star Fox sixty four has hasn't yeah, kind of totally. I, Seriously, I, I I just I was just like, really? Yeah. Do Do you even remember that? Because I honestly don't even remember. I've that.
1: never I've never been a big Star Fox guy. I've never even beaten oh, Star okay. Fox sixty four. To be honest with you. <laughs> that, that could be something
0: we take a look at. Oh, man. Uh, Tony Hawk's Bro Skater 2. Now that for me, Tony Hawk is my twist of metal for you, which is you can technically play with somebody else, but
1: yeah, why? No, I was kind of the same way. Like you, you'd play graffiti every once in a while with some friends, but the multiplayer mode just seemed so bare bones compared to the single player mode that Again, I, I w- I'm kind of with you. I didn't play it too often, although I know in the Tony Hawk's Underground days we had some fun playing online with that. But oh, in yeah, terms that was of different. local multiplayer, yeah, the, it never was quite as fun as um as the single player mode. Yeah,
0: and uh, actually, if you go back to the archives, whether it be on the video version at YouTube.com/slash a cast of the past or on podcast apps, we actually reviewed uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, so you can check that out. And then quickly, we have Ace. Uh, Bunny, he wrote, well, when I was younger, I played a lot of GameCube and PS2. I played uh, stuff like Mario Kart Double Dash and Smash Brothers Melee, but also the great Lord of the Rings Return of the Kings, which was really good with uh, co-op. He talks about Return of the King. That That game actually had online too, oddly enough. And I remember playing that a couple of different times. It was a super solid hack and slash game.
1: I played a couple minutes of that one. I don't have a ton of experience with the Lord of the Rings ones, but I know I've I've heard a lot of praise with it. I've seen you know just browsing through gaming uh, you know r slash gaming on Reddit. A lot of people um, have great memories with the Lord of the Rings series. So again, that's something we we could always revisit as well. I've always thought about that, just like in the podcast in general, because it's like a a movie to game like combo. Yeah, because it's
0: like. (laughs) If if you play the game, you're kind of doing both. And uh, I forget who it was. Oh yeah. So uh, for those interested, uh, recently I did a stream at, at my personal Twitch. Shout out to Twitch.tv/slash Mr. Player Juan. And I did have Mr. Keith Hamilton there. And while we well, I was uh, playing the Star Fo- uh, Star Fox, <laughs> the Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith game. Some people are going to hate me on that one. Um, he was mentioning that in that case with that video game a lot of stuff was different from the movie. So even if we talked about, you know, like a video game based on a movie in the future, we could actually point out some differences in all of that, which has nothing to do whatsoever with this topic. But it's definitely something I would love to uh, uh, talk about. And everybody, thank you so much for those on the Discord. As I mentioned, you can join our incredibly growing, awesome, passionate community that just has... has we have a problem on the Discord, right?
1: <laughs> I feel like... I, Keith there, brought it there's up previously? Two addictions. There's two addictions yeah. going on on the Discord game collecting and eating in donuts. Mostly one on the donuts, but no, it's no, no, it no, spread. No. I, I, it I,
0: I know that usually you should not talk about somebody that cannot defend themselves. I don't give a damn. I'm doing that right now because Keith Hamilton has openly called my ass out about this thing about donuts. And then what he goes he on the food Discord, and not only does he get donuts; those donuts that he posts there are objectively better looking than the ones I buy. That's bull crap. Yeah,
1: and he was getting gingerbread lattes and all And, right? egg, and eggnog lattes. Who even has oh. eggnog this time of year? It, we're in the middle of the damn summer. That's a Christmas drink. I don't know if there's Christmas in July in Canada or whatever. Maybe. Is it is everything just too iced over in Canada during uh, December for them to even celebrate Christmas? Who knows? But I don't know. Eggnog, I can't imagine wanting to drink an eggnog latte in 90 degree weather. It just it doesn't mix, you know? It sounds weird, but I'm,
0: I'm very tempted and curious to uh, try it out. But people, uh, seriously, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. Remember, you can't subscribe at youtube.com slash Acast of the Past. You can leave a five-star review. We publish uh, podcast clips on Twitter and Facebook, also Acast of the Past. So that way, if you enjoy the podcast, if you, if you want to support us, the best way in Ryan. this costs people nothing. You share some of those clips and join the conversation. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, I, I, I got I to gotta give a tease here. I got to start the buildup because my birthday is coming up in the month of September, and I am forcing these two fine, sexy gentlemen so we can finally talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, and I will leave it at that because I'm not going to take it anymore on another exciting episode
1: of A Cast to the Past.
0: So, so what, usually we say something witty at the end. Ryan, I got nothing.
1: You got nothing. No. Nope. Damn, neither do I. <laughs> what are we we got nothing? We need Keith. We need Keith. Keith. Keith is the one
0: that balances us.